Welcome to the New Money Habits Podcast, where we talk about how to create a better plan for your money so you don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. Here are your hosts, Sarah Jones and Nino Villa. Welcome back, Budgeteers. Coach Nino Villa here, and I have alongside me, my partner on the airways, as always, it's Sarah Jones. Hey, Sarah. Well, hello, hello. Where have your adventures taken you? Um, I know you're probably still in Arizona, but like you you and your husband are pretty adventurous. Um, tell us a little <laughs> bit about that RV life. Oh, you know, yes, I actually have a little bit of a story and I think it ties into um, what we talk about here um, very much and certainly what I talk about a lot, but so this past weekend, there was a big, um, I think it's the, don't quote me, but I think it's the world's largest RV show in Quartzsite, Arizona. It's been going for 40 years. And we went and we checked it out. And what I found, I loved it, by the way. But the tie-in to the financial part here, Nino, is that I talk a lot about surrounding yourself with people that support you in your journey and people that inspire you and people that are, you know, that you want to be inspired um, by, right? And so really surrounding yourself with, dare I say, like-minded individuals. And the thing about being at that RV show was that everybody there was in the RV community, right? And so right. You, you didn't have to like explain why you're doing this lifestyle or what, you know, you just knew that we all have our story and we, there's this sense of like understanding, right? There's a sense of encouragement. There's a sense of, Hey, here's some tips to help you. Right. And, and, um, I think when we're going through specifically our financial journey too, right. And we're looking at creating new habits and I think it's really important to align yourself and put yourself in those communities, in those um, rooms in those ponds, as they say, right? With people that are doing what you want to be doing, right? Learn from others that are already doing it. Don't surround yourself with a bunch of people that are going to give you criticism and, and maybe steer you in maybe not the right direction, right? But really aligning yourself and putting yourself in those arenas of people that are doing it too, so you can learn and be inspired by them. Absolutely. Whatever we're doing in life, um, it's like the people listening to this podcast, right? You put yourself around like-minded people who share similar values, who can inspire you to do things um, maybe in a new way with a new perspective. Um, that's awesome. And I'm going to have to check out this this 40-year-old tradition uh, <laughs> the next time it comes around because I, I had no idea this happened really? in my own backyard. Yeah, they. Um, it's said that over a million people will go through the show in little old quartzite people, campers literally for miles just boondocking out in the desert. It's quite the sight um, to drive down the highway and see just like the span of, of all of these campers um, community, really. I don't want to call it camper, really this community of people that are all gathered together for... Um, the same types of things. So yeah, it's uh you should check it out. It's, it's actually fairly enjoyable. That's wild. All right. Well, I will have to do that. Um, let's talk about what we're going to talk about. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. it's the new money habits podcast. 
And so we talk <laughs> about habits a lot. And I know that as, as you and I were kind of preparing for this particular episode, we were talking about some of these habits that we've formed over the years and sometimes how even us pros can kind of slip up and maybe, you know, we might not be exercising that that same habit the way we once were and how it feels weird. And so I want, I want to dive into that today. I want to talk about exercising good, healthy financial habits and what it feels like once you kind of have that in place. And then all of a sudden you, you miss a day at the gym, you know, for anybody who like exercises their body, they know like if they're in a routine and a habit and their body feels good when you miss, it feels weird. And I want to, I'd love to dive into that with you today. Mm, I don't think I really want people to know that I'm not perfect in this area. Jeez. <laughs> totally kidding. <laughs> right. right. We're, we're far from perfect. We are far from perfect. <laughs> um, right. And it's true. You know, I think that when you start to build in these habits in any area of life, but I think that financially it's overlooked um, because I don't really hear anybody talking about this other than that's why I'm happy that we're having this, this conversation today, but there are a lot of healthy habits with your money that once you develop them, when you quit, you miss a day or a week or God, a month, right? You really notice it. Um, and that just reinforces, um, for me at least, why I had built that habit in the first place, right? And why it's so important for me to carry it on. Yeah. So let's, let's kind of dive in and talk about a couple of good, healthy financial habits that um, if you've started, great. If you haven't, no big deal, because now you get to. Um, and we'll talk about what it feels like when when you kind of miss. So I know as we were prepping for this, uh, one of the things I talked about, and this was more from a business perspective than specifically like my personal finances, but it, it still had to do with finances and it still felt yucky, but I was a little behind on some good old bookkeeping and mm -hmm. some just, you know, making sure that all my ledgers were balanced and, and things like that. And it, I was only like a week, week and a half behind. But I got to tell you, rolling into a new month and not having the previous month buttoned up, you know, seven to 10 days later, it felt weird. It felt really weird to go into a new month without having the, the, the last month buttoned up. Hmm. <clears throat> and I think there's other things on top of the feeling weird, right? It, it relates to how healthy is my business financially, right? What am I going to be able to do right this month? Um, maybe there's some things that you're planning that maybe you don't know a hundred percent sure of, you know, that you, that you can follow through if you haven't buttoned up the previous month, right. To see where you ended and where you're starting from. Yep. Yeah. It makes me think of the personal budget. It makes me think of like one of the, the healthy practices is always having a plan for next month before this month ends, right? Mm -hmm. So the plan is called the budget and just having that plan mapped out before this month ends for next month, always a good thing to do. And so when you miss and, you know, uh, because we also teach to 
budget by pay period, you know, sometimes that first paycheck in the next month doesn't come for like 12 days because of, you know, if you're paid bi-weekly, how everything rolls out. So you've might have moved into this new this new month without kind of planning ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I don't know about our listeners, but for me, that just feels icky and weird. I have to have the plan down on paper for next month before this month ends. Absolutely. And for me, you know, to Nino, it, it, it pulls me out of the living in the reactive state of using my bank account balance as the guide from what I'm going to do. Because if I haven't put my plan down on paper, I'm, I'm going to use the word forced, right? To, to use my bank account balance as my guide of, okay, now what are you going to do? Can you do this? Can you not do this? Right. And so creating that healthy habit of planning it ahead of time. So I'm not living in the reactive state all the time. I know what's going to happen. I know how I'm going to handle everything. It creates such a sense of, um, I'm going to use the word peace. It creates, it keeps my vision forward, right? Instead of always looking behind, like, okay, what has cleared? What hasn't? How much money do I have, right? You're living in the past so much with that. And for me and the people that I work with, we really want to focus on the future, right? What is it that you're trying to create? And so, um, you know, and, and something that I had happen a couple of months ago on this very topic is, I'm going to say I got a little bit complacent Um, and I was writing my budget, right? Keeping track. I was doing, you know, you call it reconciliation, you know, where I'm going through checking, has this cleared? Has this cleared? Yes, it has. But what I wasn't doing is I wasn't doing the full follow through with my, my budget. So I had written my budget. I was tracking my transactions, but I wasn't looking at how, and specifically my grocery category. So I knew how much I budgeted, but I wasn't tracking specifically in that category how much I was spending. I was tracking Mm -hmm. transactions, but I wasn't using the budget, you know, um, to do that comparison. What did I plan versus how much have I spent? And it was well over a month. And I thought, you know what? Eh, I'm fine. I know what I'm doing. I don't need to do that anymore, right? I, I'm I'm the expert, and I'm going to use air quotes on that, right? I'm the expert. I, I'm uh, this is more. I'm more advanced. I don't need to do it. What happened was is after I think it was about six weeks, honestly, I told my husband. I said, "Get out your calculator," and um, I just started, you know, putting all, giving him all the figures that we had spent on groceries. I didn't realize when we actually came up with that amount you know, how much we had spent in the past six weeks. And I compared it to what we had budgeted. Now we did come in under budget. However, that weight that I was carrying on my shoulders from not knowing was too great for me. I thought, why am I doing this to myself? Why am I not tracking when I know this is such a vital part of our financial plan. And this is such a vital part of how we got to be debt-free, but also where we're going next. And I, I don't want to let this slip anymore because I understood the importance of it and why create more weight to carry around with us. It's a stupid mistake. I'm just going to say it. It's stupid because I know it's a weight and I don't need to carry that weight anymore. Nice. Sometimes, you know, you need a, a little reminder of why we do maybe some of these uh, otherwise tedious or or 
seemingly insignificant things. It's like, no, that they play a role. They play a role with the level of stress we're feeling versus having peace about our finances. It, mm-hmm. it just, it, it's always better to know and be aware and, and have that because then we make better decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, your, your story kind of reminds me of something that my wife and I used to, to practice a lot and we kind of got away from, and I'm like, why did we get away from that? So <clears throat> early on in our new money habits, we decided that for large purchases and everybody gets to kind of define what a large purchase is for themselves. But for my wife and I, it was anything over a hundred dollars, um, that we really should wait a period of time, whether it's mm-hmm. a month, three months, six months, kind of wait and reassess in a month, three months or six months. Do you still want this thing? Because sometimes in the moment, it feels very impulsive. It's like, oh, yeah, I really want it for this or I need it for that. Or and it, you know, you're just you kind of quickly um, come to terms with why you need or want this thing. And so I have to buy it and it's on sale and all that stuff. But really, if you just say, okay, I want this thing, but I'm not going to purchase it right now. I'm going to sit on it for a month, three months, six months. You know, it it may be the time you wait is correlated to the price, maybe, right? Like $100, wait a month, see if you still want it. If it's $300, wait three months and see if you still want it. If it's $600 or more, wait six months and see, like, do I really want this thing? Because you may find that over that six months that your want for or need for something has shifted, Mm -hmm. changed, or the opposite. Like, yeah, you still want it. And now you can feel a little bit more confident and comfortable about purchasing it and not having like the buyer's remorse of like, did I really need that or whatever? And feeling guilty Mm -hmm. afterwards because you took time to really think about whether or not you wanted it. And so, a great uh, financial habit to exercise that my wife and I have gotten away from. And I'm like, I think we need to circle back to this, Mm. uh, this really good, healthy financial habit. Mm -hmm. And I love that because you guys created that money rule, right? That's a rule that you guys at least use for a period of time. And it's great because you can go back and, you know, um, look at it, reevaluate, you know, what are our money rules and how are we going to handle these things? And what's the purpose of, you know, have we been impulsive spenders in the past, right? And so if we have, and we don't feel good after those purchases, then maybe you create this rule, right? This, this rule that then becomes a habit in your financial life, right? And in between the, the both of you that you agree on and say, okay, this is how we're going to handle these because we're curbing, we're putting in these guardrails, you know, we've been impulsive spenders in the past and that hasn't served us well. So what can we do to change our direction a little bit? And I love that. I love that, that, um, um, you know, my husband and I, we don't necessarily have that rule. Um, but we talk a very in depth about things. And I think more now, because our life is very different. You know, our life's kind of been shaken up over the past year and a half, two years almost. Right. And so, um, where we do not, um, 
we've never really been impulsive spenders in the past, but um, now because of our limited space and our lifestyle, we really have to have conversations on how does this benefit us? Can we, is this too heavy to carry? You know, we have to be so aware. And so we have very in-depth conversations on almost everything that we purchase now. So, um, but I love that, you know, and what it comes down to is you and your wife are talking about it, right? Mm -hmm. You guys are talking about, um, and I'll just throw that in as a habit that I want everybody to get into is having the talks, the communication, um, with anything money related. Yeah. Yeah. Let me double down on that for just a second about just having conversations, uh, that affect your finances because there obviously money touches so much of what we do. It, it's a tool, it's a resource given to us to, you know, put food on a table and keep a roof over our head and to do these things. And, and so, um, having conversations about how to use that tool most effectively, right? I, I, I didn't think I was going to go here, but I, I want to go on just a little bit of a tangent for our listeners. And I, because I really want to double down on what you just said about having these conversations. Mm -hmm. Money is a tool and a resource. And if you're not talking about how to use that tool and that resource to the best of your abilities to accomplish the things that must get done and some of the things that you want it to do, if you're not having those conversations, then that tool and that resource is going to get misused or misplaced. And that's going to lead to frustration and aggravation and arguments because you're both trying to use a tool and you're not talking about how to use that tool. You might start to use it in ineffective ways. So having that conversation and my wife and I just had one recently. I think I shared it on some previous episodes about with all the inflation that we've been experiencing and with the, the cost of milk and eggs and bread all on the rise, it's like, do we increase that portion of our budget so that we can continue to purchase the things we're, we're used to purchasing? Or do we maybe start relying more on baking and, and cooking from scratch and a little less on like the prepackaged, you know, prepared stuff uh, that we've become very accustomed and used to. And so there has been an uptick of baking in the Villa household. <laughs> There's been an uptick in um, cooking these amazing meals. Once upon a long time ago, we had a subscription to one of those uh, meal delivery um, places oh. that, that provide you the recipe and everything. And so we kept all of those recipes and now it's like, Hey, let's go and buy these ingredients and make this yummy food. Um, instead of, um, relying on, you know, prepackaged or delivered type of things in order to save some money. And, uh, but you can't just do that. You have to have a conversation about, you know, again, this tool, this resource that we have, how far can it go at the grocery store if we did it this way? How far can it go if we fed ourselves this other way? And having that conversation and, and deciding, you know, together what what what's the best path forward. I love that. And I'm gonna throw in one 
um, piece that I know you know, but I just for the for our listeners, why again that's important that you guys have that conversation together because many don't. They think, well, I'm getting the groceries or I'm but you have that conversation because along with that, along with cooking from scratch and everything, that requires time too, right? And so it was really important that you guys have that conversation because it affects your time, yours and hers together, somebody in the kitchen, whether it's teaching the kids, whether it's either one of you, right? So it's not just money, it's time. And it, it really does affect both of you. It affects your relationship. It affects your time together. It, again, just another way of showing how money is a piece of so many areas of our lives, but why it's so important to have these conversations because it's not money isn't the only thing affected here. Your time is very much affected with this decision as well. Yeah, and I'm so glad you brought that back to the forefront because part of the conversation was, you know, we have a 12-year-old and an 8-year-old. These are children of an age that they're interested in like helping mom and dad out. They, they want to learn new things um, and they're capable, right? So it was not only could we save ourselves some money, yes, there's going to be more time and energy kind of put into this, but that time and energy is also going to be showing our children an important life skill. So it was a very robust conversation, which wasn't just about the dollars. It was about life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm going to throw out there and, you know, that I think most of our decisions are, they are about life, right? And money is a piece of it. And that's why it's so important to have these conversations because I find that when we're not, and we're not creating these habits, right? Um, and I don't want to sidetrack this, you know, talk too much on communication, but it's such a big part and because I believe that communication is a habit that we need to get into. And so I'm just going to say that's how it relates back to what we're talking about today, that it really is probably one of, I'm going to put it in one of the top two or three habits that you can create with money is conversations and opening up about it. Um, mm -hmm. but it's, I think you alleviate, you mentioned, you know, some frustration and, so many other things, but with yourself as well. So not only with the other person, but with yourself of really speaking up and sharing how you feel about these things, how you feel about spending money. What is really important to you? What do you value versus what does your partner value? Right. And if you're single, then have an accountability partner, have them have, have a coach, right. That, that will help you decide what's really important for you. So you can be putting your dollars towards those areas that are of high value. And then you can kind of cut back on the areas that aren't of high value. That creates not only more peace, but a sense of, um, I think, encouragement, um, better self-esteem and better self-awareness, um, right? And, and with that, then your decisions become a lot easier, right? And so it's this necessary piece of getting to a better spot within your money. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Communication is probably the first thing, the first habit you need to focus on when trying to manage your money better. Because if you're not communicating about it with someone, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, it's because you realize that you don't want to do this alone. Even if you don't have an accountability right, a partner right now, you're using um, resources that are available to you to kind of hold you accountable, think differently, get a new perspective, but it means you need to be communicating about your money plan. 
And then the second part is having an actual plan. And how can you have a plan unless you communicate what's important and what needs to happen versus what you desire to happen and, and those sorts of things. So uh, I agree with you 100%. Uh, I also wanted to take the opportunity, if I may, to share another good habit, a, another good money habit to exercise that I had kind of gotten away from that ties right back to having a plan. So if you're planning next month, this month, and you're doing that consistently, one of the things that we used to do is always plan for any gift giving that was coming up in the next month. So you look mm -hmm. ahead, you look at the month, you're like, who has a birthday? Who has an anniversary? Uh, you know, what, what holidays coming up, what Hallmark holiday is coming up, whatever that <laughs> might be. And, and you kind of plan for that. Well, my wife and I kind of got out of the, the habit of planning ahead. And we've been doing more of this, like, we just kind of take care of it using a credit card. And then we pay the credit card off next month. And so, mm. so we're, but we're doing it behind. And, and I'm like, Ooh, again, that doesn't feel good. Like that, like that wasn't the good, strong money habit that we had. It was always looking ahead and, and setting aside dollars for it. Now, if we w then went and used the credit card to pay for those things, we already had the dollars set aside to make the credit card payment. That hasn't been happening um, the last couple of months. So mm. got to get back into that uh, looking ahead and, and outlining all those birthdays, all those anniversaries and all those holidays, whether they be holy days or Hallmark days, either way, got a plan for them. Right. Right. And I love that. And, and because that's really what it's about. It's about looking ahead, planning, um, you know, with a lot of the people that I work with, <clears throat> myself included, um, you know, I, and I've shared, you know, um, I am a big believer in cash and digital envelopes. And so we have a lot of cash envelopes. And so, um, we have a specific category and I'll just, you know, what I do, I'm going to share this because sometimes I think it can feel overwhelming for people, but for birthdays, for holidays, for anniversaries, you know what I do, Nino, is I just look at the year previous, right? And so I go back through and mm. I look at the year previous and say, okay, are there, did somebody have a baby? Was there a new, you know, did I go to a wedding? Is there a new anniversary this year then, you know, that I need to add into my calendar? And, um, and I look back and, and say, okay, what did I forget last year? What needed to change? So then I can add it to this year's. And then I go through and say, you know, what do I feel really good about? Do, is it important for me to get cards or gifts for all of these? If it is on, great. But if it's not, if you're doing it out of some other need, you know, that's another discussion that we can have. But really decide what does my budget allow for me to do and what do I feel really comfortable with doing? And I personally, I kind of lump it all together. So I create... Um, I have a cash envelope for it and I literally label it holidays and birthdays. And every month I just put a certain amount of money in there, right? 20, 25, sometimes it's a little bit more, sometimes it's a little bit less. And anytime I know that there's a birthday or a holiday coming up, I know I've already planned for it because I've got my cash envelope. So I contribute a little bit to it every month. That's what works for me. Um, and I don't have to think about it. I, I've planned my year out. I know how much I want to spend. I divide it by 12. I contribute each month that way. I've always got money in there. So on the months that are heavy, 
lots of birthdays, lots of anniversaries, you know, throw in an extra holiday or two in there, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't change my monthly budget as month because I contribute a set amount throughout the year. So that's the way I like to do it um, because that's what works for us, you know, and I like to just know my budget's more of an even keel. I don't have as many hills and valleys. But to yep. your point, the biggest thing is this planning it out. Right. Yeah, and, and I agree with the, there's a couple of ways that you can handle this, right? Like, you know, with my electric bill, I'm on budget billing for that exact same thing. Like, I could save a bunch of mm -hmm. money during the winter, but that it also means I'm spending a lot during the summer. And so I like the even-keeledness of, I just know what it is every month. And so the same thing can happen with gift giving where, mm -hmm. you know, I have three siblings, all uh, birthdays in August, August 5th, August 15th, and August 21st, like boom, boom, boom. <laughs> right. And so it, instead of sitting in July, looking ahead towards August and be like, oh, okay, well, gift giving is going to be a lot higher this month because of these birthdays. It could be, to your point, let's just look at the year, kind of figure out what that is and how much needs to be contributed every month just to keep it nice and even throughout mm -hmm. the year. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's great to mention is that it, you do what works for you, right? But you're not going to know what works for you until you do something. So putting a plan in place, right? And then seeing what works and then make adjustments as time goes on. So, Sarah, are you suggesting that the New Money Habits podcast doesn't have like a cookie cutter approach that every single person <laughs> on the planet is going to go through and just do it this one way? And this one mm. way is going to be successful for everybody? Hmm. How is dare I suggest something? How <laughs> right. Oh, you know us, oh. Nino. We're shaking it up. We're shaking up the financial world out there. That's right. Um, you know, for our listeners, anybody who might not already know, um, you know, you can schedule time with either Sarah or I to sit down to talk about your financial situation because we do. We believe that while everybody should definitely have a plan, that not everybody's plan can be identical. And so um, sitting down, figuring out a plan that works for you is what Sarah and I are all about. So you can head to the show notes and you can schedule time with Sarah, myself, or any one of the new money habit coaches to talk about you and your financial situation, create a plan specific to you that you can actually work with. You know, if you've been listening for any amount of time, you know that uh, Sarah uh, and I both agree that you should have certain type of uh, categories that you're using cash for. Sarah will help you to implement the cash envelope system. I can help you implement a digital cash envelope system. The principle is the same. You should have cash for specific categories. Where and how you manage that cash is what can definitely uh, change and, and be what works for you. So I want to encourage people to do that, uh, to schedule some time. You know, that, free, that, that first one is free. So sitting down with Sarah or I, for the first time, it's free. Why wouldn't you do that? Go to the show notes right now. Click on it. Tell us who you want to talk to. Pick a day and a time. Our calendars are right there. Like, we make it super simple. <laughs> 
no excuses, no excuses anymore. Um, and I think the biggest gift you can give yourself, honestly, Nino, the biggest gift I gave myself, the biggest gift I gave my marriage was looking at, um, knowing that I wanted something to change, but actually taking the step to change it, actually taking action and doing something, um, and bringing in somebody else to kind of walk me through bits and pieces of it. Um, I believe that's the biggest gift you can give yourself and your, your marriage, your partner. Um, and we could go down to how many generations that will impact, but give yourself the gift of, um, doing it because you know, you want to, and it can be scary, but now really is the time to take action. Yeah. All right. With that, I'll wrap it up and say, look, you can, whether you have not started, uh, these good, healthy financial disciplines or whether you've started them and you've walked, you know, you've, you've lost track of a couple of them, whatever the case may be, you get to start all over right now. You know, where, where, whenever you're listening to this podcast, there's another month coming up. You can sit down and you can create a budget for next month, this month, and you can base it off of your pay periods and you can get back to some good, healthy habits like the ones that I got away from planning for gift giving ahead of time instead of taking care of it after the fact, um, you know, implementing a waiting period for large purchases if that's something that you do. Um, but as we always do here, you know, we open up the conversation, we expose otherwise taboo topics so that people can gain perspective. And so we will continue this conversation next time. Thank you for listening to the New Money Habits podcast brought to you by New Money Habits and Keeping Up with the Joneses Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our hosts by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes. Join our growing group of like-minded people on Facebook and follow us on your favorite platform. Music provided by Summer School.